the last time I got to speak with the both of you, Harvey Street Kids had yet to premiere. It was like right before the premiere date. Uh, now, kind of retitled as Harvey Girls Forever, you have two seasons, 26 episodes, and a third season that's on the way this November. So just looking back, how's that journey been for the both of you? Yeah, it's been great. Um, it, it's been really nice to see the show kind of find its audience like based on online and seeing people really identify with the girls, which is always our hope because just creating this show that would hopefully let um, let all audiences find somebody to identify with. Like we wanted to create this very inclusive block that just felt like it could be anybody's childhood. And yeah, based on just online reaction, it, we, it seems to be finding those that audience and people are feeling that way with it. So that feels good. And then also just all of the little ditties and jokes and stuff that are in the show that have been in our heads or like joked about amongst our crew for years to finally be out in the world and see them get embraced. Like there's one joke about like the Iowa caucus in season one that was like a favorite, at least of like the writer's room. And it's been nice seeing it like, Oh, people doing like screen grabs of it and stuff online. And it's like, okay, cool. This connected with other people too. Yes. For me, just to piggyback what Brendan said, I love um, hearing like just the other night, I was at a kid's birthday party, and there was a little girl that was a super fan of of the show, and she was saying how she was part Lada and part Dot because she's really smart, and I just <laughs> love that kind of response when when you know kids watching see themselves in the characters, like they get to identify with pieces of the characters while you know also having fun and laughing and just having a great time with these characters that they're also yeah. going to identify with them. And then the other fun thing has been seeing um, the older audiences enjoying the show who may be familiar with Harvey Comics, that they also are getting to um, just have a fun experience with the show, yeah. aside from, from what the kids are finding in it, which is really great. Yeah. yeah. It's like all our jokes and stuff like that. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm happy yeah. so many people are finding it, and especially because it's it's got a lot of depth to it. There's something for all age ranges, like, you know, from little kids who can just yeah. make fun of it to, to older audiences, and you know, like myself, who appreciate jokes about the Iowa caucus. So I'm glad there's something for <laughs> yeah. uh, Speaking yeah. of that kind of, like, fan reaction, did that change your um, your focus on anything? Did that, did that alter course for you based on sort of fan reception at all going forward? Really, um, I think, thankfully, I mean, a little bit of two things. One, we just really kind of found the show that we were enjoying making and liking and kind of kept with that. And thankfully, the audience has largely lined up with what we enjoyed. So one, it worked out. Two, the nature of production of we did so much of it before it ever got to air. Right. <laughs> so it's also a little bit of like, <laughs> like rolling the dice and just really hoping they like it. I'm glad that worked out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think actually the one thing that did change, oddly, with audience was the title, which is funny because it was a case of we were Har we originally were Harvey Girls. And then uh, at some point it was like, oh, maybe we should make it kids so that boys don't feel excluded. And then it being a case of like, you know what, everybody, all genders are embracing this for the main characters. Like they're at the focus and that's what people love about it. So, you know, let's just go back to the original title after all. So I think that was like the one thing that changed based on audience and um, it made us happy. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I yeah. love that the studio <laughs> supported that. It was just like a really bold thing to do to just say, you know what, let's embrace this and just change the title. Like how often does that happen? So I thought yeah. that it was really, really bold of, of both the studio and Netflix. Gotcha. Yeah. 
And then as season three uh, we're about to introduce here, you are going to feature a new yet sort of familiar face on Harvey Street. So we get to meet this character briefly in season two, but what can you tease about a newcomer who's also revealed in the new trailer? Um, yeah, we get to bring in Richie Rich, and in a way we get to bring in probably the one of the like best-known Harvey Comics characters all around. Um, I mean, he's, you know, Richie and Casper are the ones with the biggest name recognition, so it's nice getting to bring a superstar into onto Harvey Street. Um, it was funny, though, for Aliki and I, it was always a little bit of trying to figure out what is a modern version of Richie Rich? Um, the character, I mean, the character's endured for years because there is something inherently fun and wish-fulfilling always of being a little kid who has all this money and all these means at his disposal. Um, but there's also always that little danger of like, well, does he come off kind of out of touch or unlikable? Or how do you, how do you have a character who's like that in the, today's modern world and modern climate who's still fun and you want to, and relatable and you can root for? We came up with the idea of making him a self-made child uh, billionaire, and it's just that he, um, yeah, he's created this wealth for himself. He's super energetic, super positive, believes he can do anything, but he's actually never experienced childhood. That's what I love, is that he has this ability to, even though he has all these resources at his disposal, and he's created this this thing for himself, um, there's one thing that he hasn't had, and that is a true childhood. And nobody does childhood better than Audrey, Lotta, and Dot. So Audrey, Lotta, and Dot are able to provide this very special thing for Richie Rich, uh, with getting to have this, this incredible childhood experience, while he also provides a little something for them, and that's access to maybe some resources that they hadn't had at their disposal before. Yeah, so it gets to be, because that's one of our fears, like, we don't want him to overtake the show or take the focus away, because it's, you know, this show belongs to our girls and belongs to kind of them as the, you know, living embodiments and guardians of childhood in a way. Um, so, yes, they get to be his mentors and becoming a child. Like Lee said, he opens up their world, and as a result, we really get to kind of fold Richie into Harvey Street rather than the other way around, and we just use Richie's resources to let us occasionally go a little bigger or sometimes leave the block with our adventures now, but still very much keeping it to our core cast. Yeah, and I had a chance to check out the premiere as well, and I was really surprised, but pleasantly so, uh, in the way that you introduced Richie to this world. Because, yeah, that's a tough character to work in, in a, you know, 21st century, uh, current cultural and, and social whatever climate. Uh, but I think you guys did it really well. So, how did you know when you found the right kind of tone or the right approach for Richie? <laughs> like, that seems a fine line to walk, yeah. We definitely went through several. Um, there was... There were some earlier versions of Richie where it was starting him further, further back of, uh, that kept him likable. Like in the sense, like setting, starting him in a place where he really doesn't see any importance of friendship or childhood and any kind, or starting him in a place where he's a little bit more like, uh, either greedy or crazy. And that wasn't as much fun as like, well, you don't really want to spend any time with this kid. Or then there was also, even just design wise, it was like, well, they're ones that you completely close to his classic style. And that looked a little, out of date. I remember uh, there was always that tracksuit Richie that we had for a while, which <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> was really fun, but it also looked like he was a member of Run DMC in a weird way that just um, <laughs> did not work for him. So it was, it was a lot of trial and error is basically the short answer. We tried a whole lot. Thankfully, we started going towards what if he was relentlessly upbeat. Um, I mean, for so much of our, our writer's room always referenced Parks and Rec in general. Mm. 
that that's kind of the adult version of like um, optimism and faith in your community. <laughs> like we're trying to be the kid version of that. Um, so it was a little bit of like, it started dawning us like, well, what if like Richie is like our version of Chris Traeger? Um, so trying to bring that into the show. And then honestly, once we got Jack Quaid, he really helped. Yeah. Kind of final okay. okay. Yeah. I'll let you tag in. Go for it. <laughs> oh yeah. No, just that. I, I feel like, um, there are all these things that we talked about conceptually about how we saw the character and, and how um, the writers, you know, wrote for him. But but it's truly when Jack Quaid came in and, he, and brought Richie Rich to life where we really found our Richie. He just brought this, um, this complete likability and an earnestness to the character that was just true to, I think, who Jack Quaid is, too. He just really, really brought this... this awesome truth and love to the character. Yeah. He is somebody who will, he can, he will smile and find like a positive, I feel like to anything going on himself. Mm -hmm. So it's just Mm -hmm. so naturally dovetailed with our, where we were trying to figure out for Richie. Yeah, I'm glad you guys uh, addressed that because I was curious about how he sort of came to the role and how you kind of, you know, you found your Richie Rich in Jack Quaid, especially because I just got done finished watching The Boys. And then when his name popped up for the show, I was like, wow, that's that's an interesting choice. But I mean, he's got great range and he really just comes through as, yeah. as Richie is like this endearing, uh, eternally optimistic character, like you mentioned. So, yeah, great casting on that part. Um, Thanks. Yeah, yeah. There's just a, a lucky find. And part of what sold us was I think it'll, you'll see it in. It's an episode where he goes on a trip with Tiny and Lucretia. That was there's a scene in that episode that was the scene he read for us as an audition, and he added a whole bunch of flourishes that are in the final episode because it became one of those things like just from the audition. It's like, oh yeah, this is the character. It's like these like great little, just super positive, like basically finding words and little vocal ticks to almost be like exclamation points that weren't there, but that totally fit the character. Yeah, that's awesome. And I, I love his interactions with everybody else on Harvey Street because he's kind of the outsider, but he's obviously got a very big presence. Um, I love when people yeah. come up to him and they're like, I saw you on a magazine one time. Um, what is what is his arrival like yeah, just, with the, the changing yeah, kind of sorry. group dynamic? And how does that affect your approach to storytelling? Because now you've got this kind of external focus that you're trying to blend him in with the rest of the, the kids. Um, one of the again, most fun yeah. parts of that is Lucretia. Yeah. And, Oh, my God. Lucretia's jealousy of Richie coming in on the street and how the dynamic changes now that this other kid on the block. Yeah, it it feels like she almost is. If there there turns out to be any part of our fan base who's like, man, why are we adding this other kid? We basically gave that voice to Lucretia. (laughs) Um, So that that was a lot of fun. And I was going to say, Richie actually did two things. Again, one, we tried to make sure. So when we always broke seasons... Um, we would always try to make sure we were balanced. So like, okay, there's a fairly even split between Audrey, Lada, and Dot, and then the uh, like kind of also an even split outside of those three of like and everybody else. Um, so we just kind of worked Richie into that and gave him. He's probably got more than anybody, any of the other sub, like secondary characters, but not still not as much in terms of having extra to himself as our core three girls. Right. So he kind of floats in between. And the other thing was, because he's such a new energy, he brought out, new, like Aliki was saying, new dynamics from all the other casts. Like, gave us, again, this great, weird, uh, jealous place for Lucretia. But also, he's kind of the perfect enabler to Audrey, because if she has a ridiculous, like, idea of, like, I want to fly around the globe and taste every ice cream, 
Previously, he'd be like, well, you can't do that. Let's just go to the ice cream truck. Instead, he'll be like, yeah. So, yeah, just finding new ways to play them and pair them up together. Absolutely. And it brings so much fun to the series, too, in, in an already fun series to begin with. Um, before I run out of time with you guys, you have some other guest stars who are showing up this season. I don't know if you can tease any more about them, but specifically Kristen Chenoweth and uh, Davey Havoc of AFI. Uh, they joined this season. What can you maybe tease a little bit about their roles? Um, I, I can tell you that they I'll were a dream to work with. Kristen was the most oh professional, God. passionate, joyful person to work with that she just, I love that she just brought everybody in the room into what she was doing. Like as big of a star as she is and as big of a presence as she is, she just made everybody in the room a part of our um, day of recording and then just yeah. that same kind of joy and professionalism and passion she brought to the character that she just brought this character to life in such an incredible and unique way and yeah. um, and then her song that she sings is just, I mean the whole time I was pinching myself like I am recording yeah. a song with Kristen Chenoweth right now like hello, <laughs> check off the bucket list yeah and yeah, and so she, a little tease on her character is, um, she gets to get started in a Lucretia driven episode, which is, we learn, cause we have Dalcretia in our show also, which is Lucretia's hand puppet. Right. And Dalcretia has ambitions of being a performer, and Dalcretia and Lucretia's favorite performer is played by Kristen Chenoweth, who is a ventriloquist. Oh, okay. So it's her and her own puppet. So yeah, they get to meet their idol, and then, uh, you know, um, uh, hilarity ensues type of thing. But yeah, Chris, yeah, Kristen was amazing. And again, getting, like Felipe said, we can't beat doing a song with her. And same thing with getting to do a song with Davey Havoc was beyond fun and incredible also. And he showed up, um, so ready to play with us and be ridiculous with us. And, um, yeah, kind of do whatever ridiculous thing we thought of in the moment and just try everything. It's so much fun. And he plays, uh, the lead singer of, one of our bands within the show. So, as you know, the girls love Crush for You, but Audrey's older sister, who is starting to move on, uh, I can't remember what they called it in one of the episodes, like Emo Glamcore or whatever it is that they, <laughs> Emo Glamcore. Um, and her favorite band from that is My Purple Agony. <laughs> uh, so, he is the lead singer of that band, uh, I believe called Victor Lavender. Yes, uh, and I have to yeah. I have to say that Brendan and I co-wrote the song that Victor Lavender oh, yeah. sings. One of the lines is, the world is my cookie and I am just a crumb. <laughs> so, yeah. And it goes yeah. on from there. <laughs> yeah, oh, God. That, whole, that whole song, yeah, it's just a wonderfully teenage, yeah, <laughs> it's a wonderful song. Emo, yeah. yeah, it's awesome. It's such a fun song, and he was so good, and again, like, so... Yeah, not only getting to work with both of them, but Aliki and I are music geeks who are basically our secret thing in this show always is how can we just work in all of our uh, musical like music fandom life. and dreams into the show. So, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And in fact, even, and I won't say anything, but even our love for a certain musician influenced um, Richie's uh, oh, that's right. boring, too. Yeah. 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 Very cool. And actually, I just saw AFI uh, over the summer, so I hope to get to see him again. And maybe they'll be doing uh, a Harvey Girls Forever 
on soundtrack. To that, oh, <laughs> uh, that would be amazing. Yeah. Uh, speaking, of, speaking of voice actors, Aliki, I believe you get to voice a character this season. Is that correct? Was yes. that your first time doing that? Or? <laughs> yes. No. Um, actually, I've, I've hopped in and done voices here and there um, throughout my career in animation. And I was on... Um, I was on SD Gundam Force and Cartoon Network. I was oh, the cool. voice of the Las Vegas Monorail at one point. I jumped <laughs> in and done voices on Phineas and Ferb. Um, so it, the opportunity came um, to do a voice on our show as the creator of the Hornicorn. Oh, nice! And um, and I also got to sing a song, which was really exciting. So yeah, which it was is fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> it was a lot. That, that song is also yeah. <laughs> Very cool. I think yeah, I'm about... Yeah, she gets to sing yeah. what is the Hornicorn theme song. Oh, that's awesome. That's cool. I'm looking forward to that, too. Uh, I'm about out of time with you guys, unfortunately, so I know Season 3 debuts on November 12th, but other than that, what's up next for the both of you and your very busy schedules? We're still working on Harvey, and both of us are also working on... Leaky's is yet to be announced. Um, I'm working also on um, a project for another studio, so I'm not sure if I should throw it on this call or not. Sure. Um, well, yes, we're both... Um, doing some RV stuff, right? Nice. That's yet to announce, but we're still. Um, and then um, we are both uh, show running on some cool stuff, but um, <laughs> not getting to do it together at this moment. I know. <laughs> I am on a, non- on a not yet announced um, really cool project still over here at DreamWorks. And uh, Brendan is yeah. on a announced. I was going to say, mine actually is announced, uh, but it's for Warner Brothers, so I'm not sure if it, yeah, for this article, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's a fun... Oh, we're fun both project. doing a lot of cool stuff. We're yeah. really excited to be rounding out Harvey Street, um, but we also... And, uh, but we also have our hands in, in other amazing projects, and um, yeah. the goal is to hopefully circle back around and get to do something together again. Exactly. No, that's always the, <laughs> in the end game for both of us is any, yeah, A, to always keep Harvey going, and again, there is at least one more season coming after this, but anything Aliki and I can do to keep Harvey alive, but beyond that, just her and I work, work together, and then pull in as many people from our Harvey crew as we can, that's yes. the goal for my career now. Yes, yes. Absolutely. And we're hoping for the same thing on this end, too, that you two get to work together uh, and do your own personal projects in the future. And hopefully we get to talk to you again about more Harvey Girls Forever and other projects ahead. But thank you so much for your time today and best of luck with the season three rollout. That was awesome. Thank you so much for talking to us. It's always a pleasure. My pleasure as well.